Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. The Danny Mac Show with BK. Podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. It's a rainy, dreary Monday here in St. Louis, and that's kind of how you feel if you're a baseball fan after watching over the weekend. Welcome into the show, the Danny Mac Show with BK, and Tanner is with us, and great that you are with us, and great to have BK back, who, uh, congratulations, you bought your first home. We did. You moved in. We are approaching moving. Let me tell you. That's a that's a not a one or two or three or four. That's like months and years. Yeah, it's a constant thing. Yeah, but it's am- great though. The amount of work that we did over the weekend, Dan. The amount of trips that I have taken to Home Depot or Lowe's. My knees feel like I'm 70 years old because I put together a million different pieces of furniture. I'm exhausted, but I, I cannot wait to do a show with Danny Mac today. So you, you, it's almost like old school and you're like, uh, you know, what's your date night, Bed Bath & Beyond? Exactly. Yes. It's good times, isn't it? It's great, man. Growing up is just the best. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, who do we have at 1030? Anthony Castrovins today. Okay. Looking forward to that. Cardinals get swept in San Diego. So they go two and four on the six game road trip. Uh, Friday night was a terrible game. Five, four Cardinals walked 12 in that game. 12. I didn't think we would see another 10 or 11 walk game. We had an 11 walk game against the Mets. Cardinals walked 12 on Friday night. Bad baseball game. Saturday, 13-3. They get pounded. Matt Carpenter had to come in as a position player, finish up the game. Then Sunday, last night, 5-3. The Padres were without over the weekend. Fernando Tatis, Eric Hosmer, Will Myers, Jerickson Profar, Jorge Mateo, all part of the uh, protocols for COVID-19. So the Cardinals 2-4 and on the road trip, and the road trip started out with great promise. You're seeing um, Peralta, Woodruff, Burns take two at three. Didn't hit a lot, didn't matter. You won those tight games. But then over the weekend, that was just not entertaining baseball. Into the big picture, BK, first of all, you can't walk that many people and expect to win. That's that's an obvious statement. Secondly, as a fan, as I watched games two and three as a fan, not as a broadcaster, that wasn't entertaining. It's not entertaining. Baseball needs to do something about guys stepping out, get on the mound, throw strikes. It has to happen. Wasn't entertaining just wasn't it wasn't and it's not winning baseball especially for this team because when you have the defense that they have behind them the only thing you have to do like if you don't get strikeouts on a lot of teams it's a problem because now you've got that defense behind you exposed on this team pitching to contact is fine you've got great defense behind you especially in the outfield right now but these guys are just walking too many batters 26 overall in the series 10 of those 26 ended up coming around to score so that's where your runs are coming from for the Padres Dan the bullpen walk right now right now for the Cardinals is 15.1 percent if you just judge that in a single season compared to every other team over the last 50 years so more than 1500 teams it would be the worst the worst in the last 50 years of baseball. It's got to improve. And we saw it both from the starters and the bullpen over the weekend. So the Cardinals have walked six or more in 13 of 41 games. So 13 games, Oof. six or more walks. 
Uh, they're five and eight in those games, giving up about six runs in those games on average. And as you mentioned, the walk rate, the highest in uh, baseball is coming out of their bullpen, 15% or so. And Mike Schilt knows that that has to change, and it did not change over the weekend against the Padres. Just talking to Mad Dog, I mean, to their credit, they didn't, they didn't expand the zone. There's probably a handful of swings to the course of the series. We felt like they really chased. Um, that being said, you know, you get outs in the strike zones with big – Big, big league pitchers do. You know, we got to be in the strike zone more. So we didn't do our part to, to you know, get them engaged to, you know, where they might take some swings um, out of the zone. But just didn't didn't control the strike zone enough. It was a big part of this, of this series. At least two out of three games cost us. Tanner asked the question to us, how big of a problem is the Cardinals and all these walks, um, and how difficult is it to fix that? Can be fixed. It is a big problem. Because if you're walking that tightrope and playing with fire the cliches that you talk about and a perfect example every fifth day watch john gant walking way too many as a starter however his numbers with runners on or runners in scoring position are tremendous but eventually it catches up that's what happens in a 162 game season now can it be fixed i think it could be fixed and will be fixed if not guys won't be in the big leagues i.e. Johan Oviedo. That was a non-competitive start by Johan Oviedo on Friday night. So you have Miles Michaelis coming back. He throws a ton of strikes. All of a sudden, every fifth day, if he's healthy enough, that's a guy that'll give you five to seven innings, if not more. He's going to throw strikes. Wayno, I count on on throwing strikes. The others, I do think that they can get to that point. Now, the problem that we have is in the in the bullpen. And if the bullpen is doing that, that is not sustainable. Alex Reyes, no one hits him. So the only way that people get on is via the walk. His ERA is under one. He's been awesome this year. But still, if you're going to nitpick at him, you got to say you got to cut down on the walks. He's closing in on 20 for the year, I think, in limited time. So those are the things that I look at, and you've got to make sure that you don't walk the opposition. Because if you do, big innings happen, and you lose those tight games. That is the problem right now with the team. And because the team is set up where if you don't walk, guys, if you just prevent that, Everything else, whenever the pitcher is throwing the ball, is probably something good that's about to happen for you. Like, your defense behind you, take advantage of it. Just throw it into the zone. Alex Reyes, trust your stuff. Go into the zone. Like you said, nobody can hit him. And when they do, it's soft contact. It's dribbler over to third, and you know Arenado's going to make that play for you. So it's, it's an easy thing for me to say. It's much more difficult to go out there and do it. But the walks are the single biggest issue for this team right now. The offense was... Not great over the weekend, but it was mostly fine. Um, The pitching outside of the walks was okay overall. It's not like they're giving up a ton of home runs over the course of this season. It's just the walk. So that's why we're identifying it right now and why we harp on it so much over the last couple of weeks in particular. They've got to get it fixed some way or another. So I I do have a theory on this. Um, Bullpen guys or pitchers in general, why are you going to make big money or why are you going to get paid? Strikeouts. Strikeouts get you paid. So what do the Cardinals have coming out of the bullpen? Guys throwing 98, some hitting 100, and they're all max effort. And when you're max effort, it is hard to locate constantly, consistently. So I do think that that's a problem. Now, it's it's real easy for me to go to Ryan Helsley or to Jordan Hicks or to Alex Race and say, hey, take a little off and locate. And they're going to say, well, I'm going to get hit a little bit. And then, you know, every 1st and 15th of the month, I'm not going to get paid as much. I get it. I mean, what am I to do? Go and tell those guys that? You're not. 
So there just needs to be an understanding, though, that if you do walk people, one of the problems you're going to have is giving up runs. And so would you rather give up contact or are you going to give up walks and easy, easy runs at score? You understand what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Because the arbitration process, it, it rewards the strikeouts, no right? Question. Because if you look at the underlying numbers, and we always mention that, basically the underlying numbers are saying, hey, how often do you strike out guys? How often do you walk guys? And then what's the contact that you're giving up? How hard is it? And if you're not striking out guys, well, then those underlying numbers don't look very good for you, especially for other teams. Whenever you hit free agency, they're going to be like, yeah, that guy gives up a ton of contact and it works in St. Louis, but that ain't going to work for us because we don't have St. Louis defense. Then you don't get paid the same amount. And why are batters or hitters paid in 2021? Home runs. Home runs. So what are they doing? Swinging from their, you know what? And so that's where you get the strikeouts, that combination piling up. But here's the bottom line. So what? you got to throw strikes. And that was the problem over the weekend. Generally speaking, this is a very good team. It was just a very bad weekend. And when you weren't throwing strikes against a team that the numbers bear it out, they take a lot. Their swing rate is down. They make you earn it. You have to throw strikes. And if you're a team that doesn't, that that's going to expose one of your weaknesses. And it was like pulling off a scab for the Cardinals in that weekend because that lineup made you work. And what's frustrating for me dan is that of the potential i don't think it could have been a statement series given tatis and hosmer and myers being out like i I don't think anybody nationally was going to be like oh yeah the cardinals are officially here they have arrived because they beat this version of the padres but it certainly could have been something where you felt better about yourself coming out of the weekend it was the opposite of a statement series that felt like the air was let out of the balloon after you mm-hmm. took two out of three against the Brewers. And you're like, oh, okay, this this has the potential to be something. This could be a significant week that we look back on two months from now and say, wow, that was, that was a week where we felt like at that moment, we knew this team could be special. They couldn't get it done. And it was the walks that ultimately doomed them. So a couple of things I want to get into when we come back. Uh, Albert Pujols. He's no longer a member of the Angels, but he's staying in California. So he's going to the Dodgers. Cardinals elected not to uh, bring him into the fold. Also talk a little bit about Harrison Bader in the outfield, which is producing. And it's it's done a good job. So we'll talk about that. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. So if you were hopeful that Albert Pujols would be wearing that uh, birds on the bat, that is no longer. It'll be Dodger blue, and it does make some sense for the Dodgers. I did not have them BK as one of the teams that I thought may take a run at them just because they have so many stars that uh, could contribute to their lineup. However, those stars are now contributing to the injured list. The Dodgers are set at first base. They got Max Muncy. He is a good player. He has started 33 of the team's first 39 games. He has the ability, though, to play second base or third base. So if you want to give Justin Turner a day off, you could do that. Um, They also have a second baseman, Lux, that is a young player. Um, He's hitting about 235, but they think that he's going to be a a star, you know, before it's all said and done. They are usually a very consistent, um, I I would say, offensive team. And against left-handed pitching in recent years, they have been really good. However, heading into the weekend, their OPS against lefties was at 663. That's 49 points below the major league average. Albert Pujols is 878 OPS against lefties in what has otherwise been a pretty down year for him. But you'll take 878 against lefties. So give him those starts against lefties. 
Now, what remains to be seen is what's left in the tank. He was hitting 198, 92 plate appearances, had um, uh, uh, five home runs. So it really does remain to be seen what is the immediate with him and then what is the long-term. And I bring up the long-term because here is the injury bug that has hit the Dodgers. Cody Bellinger has been out with more than a month. He's got a hairline fracture in his left fibula. Corey Seager suffered a fractured hand Saturday. He was hit by a pitch, so he could be gone for several weeks. A.J. Pollock landed on the 10-day IL hamstring strain. Zach McKinstry has been sidelined for more than a month. He's got a strained right oblique. Now, that's just the position players. They also have Dustin May, who's gone with Tommy John. Scott Alexander, he's got shoulder problems. David Price just recovered from hamstring. Tony Gonsolin working his way back. He had shoulder uh, soreness. Corey Knable has a lat strain. Uh, Gratterall has been sidearm, be- uh, sidelined because of a side uh, issue and also forearm tightness. They have a utility player. That's Edwin Rios. He's supposed to miss the rest of the season, potentially. Josiah Gray has been out with a top shoulder, uh, a, a top issue on a bone on his shoulder. That's a problem. Uh, do I need to go on? No, so I think we get it. The, the, the Dodgers, the Dodgers are, very are hurt. hurt. <laughs> They're hurt. So it does make some sense. But I, I think, well, let me just ask you, are you disappointed he's not in St. Louis? I am. Uh, yeah, I, I, I said last week, all week, I thought that it made some sense here for the same reason that I think it makes a lot of sense for the Dodgers, honestly. This team is playing for more than just the regular season. And with Albert signing in L.A., with Dodgers, I think it tells you everything you needed to know. He was not willing to be a bench bat for the Angels. He's going to be a bench bat for the Dodgers. Maybe not for the immediate future, but you mentioned it, Dan. You're going to get Corey Seager back. You're going to get Cody Bellinger back. And when you do, well, Albert Pujols, we can all read the tea leaves here. He's going to the bench. He's going to be a guy that is a pinch hitter in the late innings in big spots. And the Dodgers are going to have plenty of those where he's coming in for the pitcher. High leverage situation, and he's going to hit against left-handed pitching. That's going to be his role for the team, and I thought he would have been great in that exact same role here in St. Louis because I'm not judging him against Matt Carpenter. I know people will, but you're not. You're judging him against guys like John Nagowski or Lane Thomas, and I'll take Albert Pujols every time of the week against those two guys, and you know how much love I have for John Nagowski. It just tells you that the Cardinals probably were not interested. They kicked it it around, uh, thought about it, because this will be a bench roll for the Dodgers. It would have been a bench roll here, and if you're Albert Pujols, you're saying, do I go to L.A. or St. Louis? Well, if St. Louis offers me, I'm going St. Louis. And apparently the interest wasn't there. That's the way I looked at it. Yeah, I mean, Mark Feinstein said as much. He said he he heard that there were a number of teams around the league that had interest in Albert Pools in some capacity. The Cardinals were not one of them. Yeah. And we heard Bill DeWitt uh, III on with Carriker and Smallman last week. He said, listen, we'd be silly not to at least uh, discuss this possibility. Uh, we've had internal discussions about it. We don't think it's a fit right now. He seems to at least leave it open that maybe down the road that could change. But right now they like the team they have. I thought Albert would wait. And he did. He found an opportunity, and God bless him for it. He found a really good opportunity with a great team that's going to compete potentially for a World Series this year. I, I am disappointed for myself, though, that that opportunity didn't come with the Cardinals. Yeah, it would have been fun. It would have been fun to see number five pop out of the dugout and hear, you know, roar of the crowd. It's going to be weird not seeing him wear number five. 
Oh, yeah. What's he wearing there? I don't know. I didn't think about that. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if he, Carrick Hearns Mallman talked about this earlier today. I don't know if he goes to honor Stan with the number six. I, I don't know what he's going to do out in L.A., but it's it's going to be the first time that we've seen him without that number five on. Well, let's talk about the guys that are in uniform for the Cardinals. A couple of guys that have really um, played up to, I think, the expectations that the club was hoping for, and that's Harrison Bader and Tyler O'Neill. They've been good since returning from injury. Bader hitting 283, had a home run over the weekend. He's driven in nine in limited amount of playing time. But the thing for me with Bader, we'll start with him, is what he's been able to do defensively for your outfield. There have been issues, and there are a lot of issues, let's say, with Lane Thomas when he was playing there. Justin Williams at times, weather corner, it was in left or right. Dylan Carlson looks really solid in right. And O'Neal, despite the misplay last night, he's been good. I yep. mean, he's he's been fine, and he's going to be fine. So, to me, Harrison Bader has been everything that you wanted and thought you could get out of him. So, he's been what you wanted. It's funny. Um, I don't know that there's any – we talked all offseason about who's the guy that benefits the most from Nolan Arenado's presence in the lineup, Right. I think the answer is Harrison Bader because it takes so much pressure off of him from having to produce offensively. Now he has produced offensively, which is kind of the irony of all of this, but it, it feels like he's just a guy that's going out there and playing. Now he's not trying to be something that he's not. And Dan, you look at some of the splits that he's got this year. He's batting 285 against right-handed pitching. Yes. That's been his weakness so far in his well, career. I'm seeing a really good adjustment against a breaking ball. Now, he's going to swing against through some of those sliders from a righty, but he's done a nice job with that. He's batting 400 against breaking balls yes. this year. Three of his four home runs have come off of the breaking ball this year. It looks like a different player. Now, I was the one that was victim of watching the adjustments that we saw early last season from Tyler O'Neill, And I was like, oh, he's fixed. He's going to be a superstar. They have finally found the guy that they've been missing in left field. Their power bat has arrived. And then he went back to being the same Tyler O'Neill like two weeks later. So I'm cautiously optimistic about this, Dan. But to your point, the important part is. He settled down that outfield defense, and that is what's going to make this team into a contender. O'Neal, 258 home runs, 20 runs batted in. Another home run on Friday night. I think he had three on the road trip and hitting it the opposite field. I mean, he is just... His hands are so fast. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he's got quick hands, and he's, you know, fairly strong. So he's going to be able to take the ball the other way. And when you see him do that, that's when you know you got a guy that's staying with the pitch going the other way with it and hitting it with authority. And again, like I said, I'm not concerned about his defense. You're going to have a misplay here or there. You don't want to see it, but it does happen. Um, hopefully, and I don't know where he hurt his hand or his finger, but he had to get out of the game yeah. and get some treatment. I'm not sure what play that was. was it played second base, maybe? Ring or the middle finger? Yeah, I can't remember what finger it was, but I think it was the play where he went uh, head first into second. Yeah, it was the slide for sure. But I, I don't, it was one, It was either the ring or the middle finger. I know they said it, but I forgot which one it was specifically. And they said he's day-to-day -day now, so hopefully nothing too serious. Eight strikeouts. How about that? I mean, that's you're going to take that. He's putting the ball in play. And there were times where if you had a guy coming in out of the bullpen that was a right-handed fastball slider guy, you're like, this is trouble for Bader. He's just staying with the pitch. So I love seeing that, and I love seeing what Tyler O'Neill is doing. So that has been a promising start for the Cardinals. Um, let's see, 314. I'm happy that the Cardinals front office didn't go after Albert. He's the one who chose to leave St. Louis. He didn't care about the legacy with the Cardinals. Oh, that's fine, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, I, I think fans would be kind of split on this. I really do. I think some yeah. fans are like, you know what, I, I want to remember him as the great player for over a decade in St. Louis, best player in the game. 
I want to remember his time with the Angels, the three-game series in St. Louis, hits a home run, all the curtain calls, the stand-up, uh, the, the standing ovation that he got. Well, you're going to get another crack at it as long as he's with the Dodgers in September. The Dodgers come through September or, or come through St. Louis in early September, I believe. Yep. And that'll again be another celebration of Albert. It will be in what probably will be his final year. I'm going to say that I, I, you never say never, but it, you know who knows if he's ever going to come back through St. Louis. But that'll be a, a special three game series, whatever it is, four game series. I don't know. I haven't lo- really looked. I just know they're coming through. Um, and something that to, you mark on your calendars and get the tickets now because it'll be really cool. You probably have both teams vying for playoff position. And you had the return of a superstar, which would be neat to see. It's going to be weird. Uh, the one thing about him going to L.A., and this is me being, maybe being a little bit of a weirdo, but he still wore the red, right? And so it's it's different. It's not him in the birds in the bat uniform. But now he's not going to be wearing the number five. He's not going to be in red. He's going to be in the Dodgers blue. Now, it, I, I do not like this. I am not a fan of this adjustment at all. So I was watching the game last night, and they put up a graphic a graphic of Albert, and they anytime a player gets traded, they can superimpose the hat and the uniform, and I just was staring at it. I'm with you. I was like, it doesn't feel right. It, the Angels still never felt right for me sure. looking at that, and now Dodger Blue? It was kind of odd, man. Yeah, I'm not a fan. This this feels like in the NBA, you see this a lot, right? Where the superstar will go on to play in like a random city where it's just like sad to watch. Like, hold on. Shaquille O'Neal is playing for the Cavs. Right. What's, what's going on here? This is not right. And I, it, it kind of feels like that to me in some ways. It's not because Albert like it's is washed up or anything. I wanted him on the Cardinals for a reason because he still has, I think, a little bit of game left in him. But it's just it, it doesn't doesn't have the same feel to it in the blue. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. With Danny Mac, I'm Brandon Kylie. It is the Danny Mac Show with BK here on 101 ESPN. And right now we are very happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to be joined by Anthony Castrovince, writer for MLB.com, contributor for MLB Network as well. Anthony, we always appreciate the time, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on this morning. Absolutely thrilled to have you. So let's start with the big news from the weekend. We talked about this a little while ago with Albert Pujols officially signing with the Dodgers. I love your tweet that you sent out. Already looking forward to looking back at how weird it was that Pujols was a Dodger. <laughs> what did you make of the signing? Did it surprise you at all that this was his decision? Yeah, it absolutely surprised me. Um, I mean, first of all, in the immediate aftermath of the Angels' decision to designate Albert, it was genuinely uh, a question as to whether he would get another job um, just because uh, of, of his seeming adamance about you know playing on a regular basis and playing first base on a regular basis. Um, that's what he was doing in the early portion of the season for the Angels, and they, they decided to go with a different defensive alignment, and it just wasn't a fit for him anymore. And you looked around the league, and just, just the way things have trended in baseball with with teams generally going younger and, um, and and liking to have positional versatility on their roster as opposed to uh, a pool, you know, you know, up there in years and, and can't contribute much defensively at this stage of the game. Um, it, it just didn't seem like there was a, a lot of landing spots for him. I certainly didn't expect him to land with a National League club, you know, without the DH. So, yeah, that was definitely a surprise. But 
Um, you know, they think he still has some value for you know, their bench has taken some hits, both from injuries and, and, and free agency. It's, it's not the same Dodger bench uh, that they've had in recent years. And so he gives them some depth there. And, and perhaps, uh, you know, he can he's, he's hit lefties pretty well in the early portion of the season. Perhaps he can keep doing that for them off the bench. Did you hear anything about a reunion with the Cardinals? And if so, was it legitimate or just maybe just kicking our, you know, kicking the tires around and just seeing what the interest was on both uh, both sides? So I didn't. I didn't hear anything of, of real interest on the Cardinals uh, from the Cardinals standpoint. Obviously, uh, you got a pretty good first baseman there in Goldschmidt, and you know the again the DH situation being what it is. Um, you know that's just one of. Again, I'm stunned that that he ended up on a National League team. Just just given that if there was any way to squeeze him in the lineup, it would seem to be uh, you know as a DH and and maybe a part time first baseman, but. Um, you know, the Dodgers have a lot of moving parts right now and, and AJ Pollock is out for them and that, that plays a big role in all of this. He's out for the next several weeks. So, um, so for now there's a fit and we'll, we'll see again, we'll, we'll see if he can deliver, uh, against lefties cause that's what they're going to be counting on him to do. I'm sure he'll get some starts against lefties, but primarily you're, you're looking at him to come off the bench and, and perhaps provide, provide some thumb. Were you surprised at all that the Cardinals had a lack of interest, given the fact, I mean, if he's going to sign with the Dodgers, I would imagine that is more or less declaring publicly, hey, I'm not okay with being a bench bat for the Angels, but I'm okay with being a bench bat elsewhere. Did it surprise you yeah. at all that if that was the case, the Cardinals didn't have interest? Um, not not particularly, to be honest with you, just given the composition of their club and, and kind of where they're at. And, you know, I, we love those sentimental moments as fans, but sometimes a fit is just, it's just not a fit, you know, just positionally. Um, so I, you know, I, yeah, your mind goes there that the second he was designated by the angels, your mind goes to him, you know, having a, a, a final sayonara, uh, with the Cardinals and shoot for all we know that could still happen uh, you know, by the end of the year or, or what have you. But, um, but again, I just, I just look at their roster. I looked at most rosters. I just, I didn't see a screaming fit. What have you thought of the Cardinals so far, generally speaking? Of They, they just came off a, a bad weekend in San Diego, but they have played mm-hmm. pretty well this year. What have you thought of the Cardinals? They have played pretty well. Uh, there's, there's so much opportunity in that division uh, to, you know, to potentially run away with it if you can get hot because there's, you know, all those teams have warts, and, and the Cardinals have their warts as well, but they, they probably have the – the strongest pitching top to bottom, you know, the overall depth of, of the pitching group. And, um, and, and that plays over the course of a full season. Now you're right. They, they come off a, a rough weekend in San Diego and, and another, the other issue you circle is just the bullpen. Um, the walk rate is exceptionally high for the bullpen. And, and that's something they, they have to, uh, you know, rein in. But, um, but again, I, I would take their pitching. I, I the, the Brewers have, maybe some more top end arms in, in terms of you know, the very back end of their bullpen and the very top end of the rotation. But I, I take the Cardinals overall depth over any team in that division. I, I think that, you know, makes a big difference over 162. You mentioned the bullpen and we were talking about the walk rate earlier. It's 15% mm-hmm. right now. And that would be the highest mm-hmm. of any team in baseball in the last 50 years. If it's sustained, it won't, but if it did sustain over the course of the full season, how concerning is that when you're looking nationally at a team and you're like, Hey, I really like their pitching, but they can't seem to throw strikes. How concerning is that for you? Well, it is concerning. I mean, that's, you know, they have, they have really good stuff back there they've, and they have some good young arms. Um, but, but sometimes with young arms, you, you have those, you know, a little more erratic, you know, uh, it could be a little more erratic. And I think that's what you're seeing. Um, and so it, it's a matter of, I mean, Alex Reyes has some of the best stuff in baseball, but he's, he's walking a tremendous number of batters uh, burning pitch. So 
um, you know, you see the, the, the great potential and, uh, and the, the negative there, but I, I think it is something you can iron out over time. And, and sometimes it comes with experience, but, um, but yeah, you'd like to see him address it sooner than later. Anthony, when you see the Yankees get hit with eight guys, whether it's their coaching staff or traveling party or players mm-hmm. with COVID and, uh, we just saw a very limited roster for San Diego with COVID. Um, what are you hearing in terms of the appetite for players to get the vaccine? And how do you think that this uh, going forward plays out for teams and in, in just trying to be safe and healthy in the protocols with Major League Baseball? Yeah, and the Yankees situation really actually highlighted the benefit of the vaccines. You know, those uh, the affected personnel were all vaccinated, but, you know, they only had one symptomatic case, uh, you know, in that group. So um, that showed that the vaccine was actually working and preventing it from from spreading, you know, to symptomatic cases elsewhere on the roster. And, and they, you know, they didn't have to cancel any games or anything of that nature. So um, hopefully that's a, a lesson in, in the benefit of these. I know it's kind of weird when you see vaccinated people getting sick, but that's or getting the virus, I should say, not actually getting sick, but that's, you know, that that's part of what we're going to be dealing with as a society, you know, um, as, as more people are vaccinated, some of us who are vaccinated are still going to get the virus, but the numbers speak to the odds of you having a, uh, you know, a difficult circumstance with the virus having been vaccinated are very slim. So um, you're seeing more and more teams. Uh, it's been a slow process in, in some clubhouses to, to get to that 85% threshold where you can relax your protocols, but we're seeing more and more teams get there. And, um, and I think you're just seeing, you know, guys look around who are perhaps hesitant about it and they see their teammates uh, not having adverse, uh, you know, difficulty from having getting the vaccine. So I, I think it's just hopefully in our society, it, it spreads like that as well to where, uh, you know, we can get, uh, a higher percentage of our population vaccinated. Anthony Castrovince is our guest here on 101 ESPN. You can check out his work at MLB.com. You can also see him from time to time over on MLB Network. And Anthony, I wanted to ask you about if there was a positive for the Cardinals this weekend. It was the guy that's really been kind of the shining spot for them all season long, Nolan Arenado. He's now batting 300. He's on pace for 50 doubles and 35 homers to go along with more than 100 RBI. I mean, these are these are Nolan Arenado numbers that we've come to know and expect in Coors Field. I, I'm curious, from your perspective, did you think he was going to be able to do this away from Coors? Did did you expect this from him? You know, I did. I you never know. There, there's going to be some kind of effect from that, but there's also you know we have a lot of data and history to tell us that players who play their home games at Coors Field are affected on the road um, and the difficulty of adjusting to the different uh, uh, altitude and, and that sort of thing. It, it takes a toll on you over the course of a season. So uh, but he's a guy I wasn't particularly concerned about. Uh, I, I never saw him as a fluke of that building. Um, and, you know, granted, that's a, that's a big difference in ballparks and you, you expect some kind of offensive impact over the course of a full season or many seasons, but I mean, there's a guy who had all the capability in the world of having a bounce back year after, you know, last season was so strange for everybody and he dealt with a shoulder issue. And so he comes in healthier and um, yeah, it's difficult to adjust to a new place. And there's, there's a lot to prove and that sort of thing. But and this guy's a gamer and I hope you guys uh, gain a greater appreciation for just watching him every day. It's, it's not just the offensive numbers. It's just, you know, the consistency at third base and the great plays he makes there as a matter of routine. Um, and, and just the intensity he plays the game with, which can really rub off on everybody else. So it, it's great to see him, 
you know, really living up to what fans and what the team wanted from him when they made that trade. Anthony, being a, a national writer, and I, I read you all the time, you do a great job covering the sport. I, I am curious, are you hearing anything about the two sides getting together and making sure we have no work stoppage, maybe a pitch clock? Let's actually get guys in the box. I mean, this weekend was tough to watch. If you were a Cardinal fan, a lot of walks, games were taking forever. But are you hearing yeah. any of this kind of stuff going on right now with baseball? Yeah, that process has started, and it's it's going to be a process. Uh, strap in and, and uh, get comfortable. It's going to be a long process. Uh, there's there's a lot to sort through, and you just mentioned some of the gameplay issues, um, you know, pace of play, and, and there's there's things they're experimenting with in the minor leagues that they'll want to – you know, the league will want to share the data with the players and show kind of what's worked, what hasn't, or, or what impact these changes have made. Um, and that's all, you know, really important stuff that needs to be hashed out. And yet it's secondary to, you know, the, the players' concerns about, you know, service time and, and how just play, basically how players are compensated in the early portion of their career um, because free agency has changed so much. And you have, you know, they had the very top end free agents doing quite well, the Garrett Coles of the world, for instance. But, um, but you know, the the ceiling for what you can uh, make as a as a free agent in your 30s is just not what it once was. You know, it's it's uh, the middle class has kind of dried out a bit. So, um, so the players will want to address that. The league will will want to address some some gameplay issues, like we just mentioned, and and there's the seeds of negotiation. You know, <laughs> so hopefully both sides can can you know come out of it happy, but. As far as a work stoppage, you know, I mean, it, it, the process will, will take place over the course of the off season, and, uh, you know, we're all hopeful they can come to agreement before before games that count, you know. Um, you can go – you could have some kind of, you know, lockout or quote-unquote work stoppage that doesn't actually impact the season itself, you know. So we'll just see how, uh, how those conversations align. But uh, they have begun. They have begun that process of, of both sides coming – kind of coming to the table and expressing where their thoughts are at. Anthony, final question that I have for you. This weekend was, for most teams at least, the official quarter poll for the season. Is there anything yeah. trend-wise that has stood out to you so far this year that you're you're interested in to see if it sustains itself? What's what stood out to you league-wide over the first quarter of the season? I mean, the biggest thing, honestly, is just the we got a strikeout rate around 25%. We've got you know, a, a all-time low uh, league-wide batting average. And that's both of those are part of a trend, but that trend is continuing and, and in some ways accelerating. Um, and again, it gets back to speaking about what we just, what we just did about how, you know, there are, there are some really valid uh, ideas out there for, you know, how to change the rules or how to just get more balls in play and get more liveliness, more action. And, you know, this year will be another big data point towards that conversation. Um, so that's what I'm seeing. I mean, the, the, the rate of no hitters in, in the early going kind of speaks for itself. We're on a historic pace in terms of no hitters, but that's just an offshoot of, of what we've seen uh, continuing for a while now with the decline in batting average, and it's been pretty stark so far this season. Hey, Anthony, thanks for coming on. Appreciate your work, and uh, let's catch up throughout the summer. Thanks for doing this. All right, guys. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. You got it. Uh, MLB, Anthony Castrovince does a great job covering the sport. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, when you look at he, – he's spot on. I mean, you've you got to look at the data and what's going on in the minor leagues and saying, what can we pull from that that would be legitimate, that would fall in line with major league players and talent, different levels of talent. So you got to take that with a grain of salt. But 
you know, after watching this weekend, there's just got to be something done to speed up these games. Yeah, it's getting rough. Oh, and we saw that. We've seen this a few different series now, Dan, for the Cardinals in particular. And it's league-wide. It's something that we notice locally with the Cardinals, but it's happening all over the place. The strikeouts are too high. The Honestly, Dan, the walks are worse for me than the yeah. strikeouts in some ways. Like, at least sometimes strikeouts can happen quick, and it can be a sign of really good pitching. The walks are just, it's unwatchable. You can't watch it because it's deep counts. You've got the hitter that's pulling out of the box and then he's readjusting his, it takes forever between pitches. It slows down the game. It's not interesting to watch. Those are even worse than the strikeouts is the walk. This is the Danny Mac show with BK, the podcast powered by I promise. So Albert Pujols will be wearing Dodger blue, and Cardinals manager Mike Schilt asked about that. Wish Albert all the best, and and uh, look forward to seeing him soon. And uh, wish him mostly all the best. Clearly, when we don't we play, but um, he's a great man and, and clearly a great player and uh, and a friend of mine. So um, I, I pull for him. So not a fit in St. Louis, Buster only the fit with the Dodgers. How does this work? In talking with sources yesterday, they say that the Dodgers' initial interest in Pujols was wrapped around his ability to hit against left-handed pitching, which has been a problem for the Dodgers this year. So what Pujols could do for them is get some starts at first base against lefties. Maybe they start Max Muncy at second base. Or maybe he comes off the bench and he pinch hits against lefties. Uh, that's something at this year, 878 OPS in a small sample size. But let's face it. The Dodgers right now are looking for any type of solutions. You just ran through those injuries. Seager, Bellinger, Pollock, Dustin May. It's incredible how many injuries they've had. A general manager with another team said to me yesterday about the signing, desperate times call for desperate measures. Mm. So left-handed pitching, the Dodgers this year collectively 219, but that's the average. What you look for, what everybody in baseball talks about, it's OPS, on-base plus slugging. And the Dodgers against lefties, 664. As Buster mentioned, limited sample size, 878 for Albert Pujols. So Albert will be in St. Louis in early September. He'll be wearing Dodger blue. It's a fun show. Always good. It's been great, Dan. It's good to be back. I appreciate you filling in for me whenever I was out over the last couple of days. Sure. I appreciate you. You got it, man. Uh, Well, it's a game day. We got Blues playoffs uh, starting tonight. Looking forward to this. Late start out west again. That's all right. That's the way it works. And so the Blues are in the playoffs. I'm sure you and Alex are going to dive into that. Oh, yeah. We've got a lot coming up. Uh, Blues versus Avalanche tonight. Alex will have the pregame beginning at 8. We have a Blues playoff preview show beginning here at 7 and the Last Minute Blues podcast beginning at 6. So if you want Blues content, just Listen to the BK and Ferrario and listen to the Danny or excuse me. Listen to the fast lane afterwards. And then we've got a bunch of blues content for you the rest of the night coming up here at about 1130, though. We're going to talk to our Cardinals insider, Katie Wu. And in the one o'clock hour, we've got Skip Schumacher joining the show as well. All right. Looking forward. Oh, Skip. Skip's coming up at one o'clock. I want to talk to him about the Padres base running. Uh, That team is awesome on the basis and they are aggressive and skip is apparently in charge of that. So I'm curious in 2021, what goes into that kind of a game plan? Why why are they so aggressive when the rest of the league is hesitant to do so? You know where that starts? Old buddy, George Kissel and George Kissel taught a lot of base running in the minor leagues, certainly in spring training. And then it got guys like skip and John Mabry and others that were bench guys that were just 
always paying attention, you know, mm-hmm. always had a feel for the game. And Skip is going to manage at some point. He's not far away. I've and heard from a, in like three different interview, interviews over the weekend, everybody said the same thing. Skip's going to be a manager. He will. Sooner rather than later. So I'm looking forward to that. But that's part of his Cardinal upbringing, if you will, and education coming into play with the San Diego Padres. So looking forward to the show. Tanner, great job. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow at 10 on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.